Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this week's Man of the Post Extra Time. I am Chris, and with me as ever, I've got Mark, alright? Yes, every, hi everybody. Busy week? Um, just hanging on, waiting for a uh, baby to arrive. Godfrey Jr. Godfrey Jr., yeah, it's late. Like its mother, on most occasions. So this is going to be a girl then, is it, if it's late? Yeah, well, if you believe the the traditions then, yeah. Yeah, fair. Who did the thing with the, the wedding ring over the tummy? No, not yet. Well, you never know. This was the third man of the post baby of the year, wasn't it? There was Emma, and was it Ross was first? No, there was Laura, wasn't there? Ah, oh, yes, that's right, yeah. You've been busy, none of your hair's falling out. <laughs> uh, well, this week we're going to be starting with Chelsea, all the goings-on there with their game against Leicester, and Jose and his future. A bit of Champions League draw. Uh, we'll look forward towards the Premier League and some gossip as well. Uh, so, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with Mourinho's future or do you want to start with Monday's game? Well, we can kick off with Leicester because I think that would roll nicely onto the the question of whether Mourinho is going to be around for much longer. I think we do, first of all, before we start into Chelsea, will she give Leicester some praise? I think so. I don't think we've been um, we've been short of doing that in the last few weeks. I think um, long may it continue, whether it's whether it's a fluke or not, but it seems to just keep rolling on and it doesn't. it's not just this season, is it? It goes back to... So last season and the last seven or eight games, when whatever Nigel Pearson did to to galvanise them to get them out of the out of the mire they were in, because they would look like goners at one point, but um, you know he's gone. Ranieri's came come in. We all thought that was going to be a car crash, and he'd be he'd be sacked by now, and Leicester would be cut adrift at the bottom of the league, and it couldn't be any further from that really. Oh, do you remember Gary Lineker's tweet when um, Ranieri first took over? Yeah, it wasn't. It was quite disparaging, wasn't it? Yeah, it was something along the lines of, sort of "What is it that we've done?" Um, I was reading today. He's on a bonus. He's going to get a hundred thousand pounds for every position higher than the seventeenth that Leicester finish in the league. Well, he's going to do all right, and and okay, it's a hell of a lot of money, but in Premier League terms, it's well earned at the moment. Yeah, they're the only team to have scored in every single game this season, and Vardy's. Scored or assisted in the last twelve games. We have to say that now he's lost the record, don't we? Or not continuing his scoring record. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's um, he's quite happy with his with his haul at the moment, despite the fact he didn't he missed that one game in between to to carry on the scoring um, scoring runnies on. He'll be losing that to Lukaku soon, won't he? Well, hopefully, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, but um, yeah, the, the, those two are gonna play each other this weekend, which I'm sure we'll talk about later on. Yeah. Uh, right, well, we've got that bit out of the way, then let's just stick the knives into Chelsea. Yeah, sharp been sharpening the whole time. <laughs> um, the first goal. Uh, well, Jose Mourinho said that they practised for four scenarios um, to play playing against Leicester, and, Leicester, and City scored from two of them. Um, he said he felt betrayed by his players, and rather sort of like a subtweet, he uh, kind of picked out Fabregas, Costa and Hazard, didn't he? 
did he did is, did he only single them out? I mean, it's quite difficult to know exactly who he is pointing the finger at because although they're the obvious, I think they're probably the obvious three um, who you'd be questioning about their commitment um, and certainly their performances this season. There aren't many others who you can pick out and say, well, he can't have been talking about them. I think the only one you could really say has has shone and has lived up to their billing this year has been William. Everybody else has either been par for the course at best or have stunk the place out. So it's difficult to know who he was aiming those barbs at. But, you know, to, to say that it was those three um, would not be a shock. Well, the first goal came from... It was a very sort of odd cross, wasn't it? Because Cahill mm. stopped and Vardy obviously sort of carried on and got his header in. But Zuma lost his man a little bit as well. But you feel a bit bad sort of sticking the knife into Zuma because he's only young, isn't he? He is, yeah, that's right. But, I mean, it, it was a good cross. Um, Terry was slightly out of position, but I don't think you can you can point the finger at him. He was sort of the near, nearer post defender of the cross and it, it went past him. But um, what Zuma did was, was quite poor for any age player really just was ball watching that that that's has to be a defender 101 it's um you know a school it's it's the archetypal schoolboy error and at the premier league you don't have to be somebody like Jamie Vardy who's on total form to take advantage of such naive um positioning and and ball watching as as what Zuma was culpable of for the first goal i didn't quite understand Cahill just standing still he literally stopped, didn't he? He made no effort to go towards the ball. Cahill? Terry. Terry, sorry. Well, it was Terry, and it was um, Azquipilicueta, who was at the left, who was playing at left back, and he, he tucked in about five yards further than he should have been, which gave Mares as much time as he wanted just to, to curl it around Terry. Yeah, Terry could have gone for the ball, that's fair enough, but I think he probably also would have expected the man behind him to have covered any run by a centre-forward. Again, you've got to question... Whoever's in that scenario, the defender at the back post of the two centre halves is the one responsible for being able to see the whole picture mm-hmm. of anybody running between the two of them, um, and that was in this case was Zuma, and Zuma was at, at fault for not. It wasn't. It wasn't a particularly clever run. It was just your standard near post run, um, and Zuma should have been aware for, aware of that and, and on his bike to to at least try and get a block in. Well, they had 66% possession um, and 11 shots compared to Leicester's 9 and 8 corners compared to Leicester's 1. So is that a sign of positivity or is that a sign of just doing nothing with the ball? We touched on this last week, didn't we, that that perhaps it's time that Chelsea actually, rather than being a side that dominates with the ball um, and and tries to hem opposition teams in, which they tend to do all all the time, um, it certainly isn't as a tactic that's not worked well for them this season. Um, and yet, when the game opened up with the last 20 minutes, uh, and it was end-to-end, and there was a bit more space, and, and Leicester were counter-attacking, and then Chelsea were counter-attacking, maybe maybe they need to change the way that they play, and play more like your Leicesters, and, and um, Crystal Palace, and, and teams like this, who are having a lot of success playing uh, simply as a counter-attacking side. Um, whatever they're doing right now uh, with their possession football is just not incisive enough and it goes back to people like Hazard and Fabregas who you would expect to be the ones to pick the killer pass or, or beat a man they're not doing that at the minute and so um, he has to look at it, changing something that isn't changing the entire squad of players which he's not going to be able to do even given a ton of money in January if he's still around by then well he, um, he was pleased with his own performance because he said he coached these players above their obvious level last season. Um, 
there's been meetings today at Chelsea, hasn't there, to discuss Mourinho's mm. future because Abramovich gave him the um, uh, not the seal approval, the sort of chairman's vote of confidence back in October, mm-hmm. didn't he? But you've had um, you've had you got Ancelotti, Gus Hiddink, uh, Bielsa, who's also linked with Swansea, um, Antonio Conte, Pep Guardiola, and also optimistically enough, one day Ramos, uh, all linked with the job. Yeah, um, I think. Obviously, Klopp went to Liverpool, so that was a potential op- a replacement option. Who now not on the list? Yeah, I don't know if you read they, about that. Yeah, no, but did they miss a trick with that? Because mm. he joined Liverpool about the same time as Abramovich gave Mourinho his initial backing, didn't he? Yeah, I thought. I think maybe at that point, although Chelsea were in much earlier on in the slump, perhaps they thought that um, it wasn't going to get as it was. It couldn't continue. You know, it might go for three or four games. Um, but they would pick up and then they would kind of make their way back up to fourth in the league and, uh, okay, the championship might have gone by that point. But it's just continued to slide. I, don't, I mean, they lost to Leicester, they lost to Bournemouth. I think they've lost to another team it, it, since that vote's confidence. So perhaps they thought it was too early just to throw Mourinho out at that point. But as you said, they've been having meetings today about potential replacements. Um, and we all know Mourinho's record doesn't stretch beyond about three seasons wherever he's been in the past. So um, I think they they may, depending how how much worse it can possibly get, they may actually stick with him till the end of the season. But with the news that there are going to be more of the calibre of manager that they would want in position, probably available in the next six months or so, it's worth remembering that this 2015, although they are Premier League champions, this 2015 started with a defeat in the FA Cup to Bradford, didn't it? Yeah, well, that was yeah, it wasn't quite towards the start of the year, but um, they they kind of ambled towards the league. They were they were not impressive in the last few months of last season, but they never had to be. Um, so I think they've been in cruise control for a long time. I think you've got some obvious players who who are potentially past their best, Terry being the obvious one, but there are people like Fabregas who who hasn't really impressed the whole time he's been at Chelsea, I don't think, and he's certainly a lot worse than he was last season. Uh, maybe Diego Costa's been found out finally for not being as good as everybody thought he was when he was at Atletico Madrid. Um, so yeah, maybe Chelsea are thinking, it's hard to know whether they'll throw him out now, or that I, I think my personal opinion is I think they may hang on to him till the end of the season and wait for um, others to become available who they think are worthy of the job. OK. Um, they have got, in the Champions League, in the next round, they've got PSG. That's probably the team that everyone who finished top wanted to avoid, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's exactly as we said last week. You know, there's a lot... Um, a lot of teams who uh, they could have got, who you, even even the way they are now, you you could have seen them getting past quite easily. But as things stand, uh, and although things can change a lot between now and February March time, um, you would make PSG quite strong favourites for that. If you um, a, a, a Jose and you obviously don't make the Champions League this way, but you get to say the semis, so you don't make the, you, make, you don't make the Champions League in the league in the Premier League but you get to the semi-finals is that a redemption of, of sorts or maybe if you win a domestic cup as well no no I don't think for Chelsea I think you've got to finish in the Champions League positions at, at the in the league at a bare minimum I think they've been very very badly damaged 
both on and off the field this year. They're, I think their image has been tarnished with with a lot of the things to do with Eva Carnero um, and the way Mourinho has acted in the last few months, and also the the way they've played on the on the field. That's it dips well below the standard expected at Chelsea, even when they've had I'd say relatively poor years. They've still managed to finish third or fourth in the league. In well, Abramovich has been around, so um, I think um, finishing mid table and a an FA Cup final or a Champions League semi-final is is not going to save anybody's job at Chelsea no um, well elsewhere in the Champions League draw we've got Benfica versus Zenit you've got Ghent Wolfsburg Roma Real Madrid uh, Arsenal Barcelona Juve Bayern Munich uh, Dinamo Kiev Man City and PSV Atletico Madrid I suppose other than PSG Chelsea everybody's looking at Arsenal Barcelona aren't they mm, uh, you know Arsenal have drawn the short straw yet again and even Arsenal at their best it's difficult to see how they're going to get past Barcelona but over the the two games should be absolute um corkers the you know there's there's nothing other than attacking attacking intent and good football in both sides just the Barcelona are a level above Arsenal in doing so yeah i mean it, as much as you can say you've got Ozil who's got more assists than anybody in the top sort of european leagues and you've got Cozola and um and Giroud who's playing well at the moment you kind of fancy your chances if you're Suarez, Neymar or Messi, don't you, against Mertesacker and Koscielny? Absolutely, yeah. Um, Juventus and Manchester City show the power of finishing first and second, don't they, with their draws? Manchester City's draws not as not as um, cut and dried as you might imagine. We've said, I've You'd said it. Prefer it, though, wouldn't you? Um, it, I could I could think of easier ones. I think Dynamo Kiev are not to be underestimated, and. Um, We've said it a few times on this that their home record, especially in Europe, over the last few years, is outstanding. But they're closed uh, up, playing closed doors, aren't they this time? Yeah, behind closed doors. But even so, I, I, it's not as straightforward in in City's respect as you might imagine. No, I mean City implode at home, as we've seen as well. Yeah, you've got to factor into a, factor that into account. We talked about it last week as well. Do Manchester City have the guile, have the have the nous to play European two legged football? The 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 suggestion is, and the the evidence is over the last few years that they've got sort of almost almost no um, understanding of how to play European football of any kind. Hmm. Um, in the Europa League, you've got Michelin versus Manchester United, Fiorentina, Spurs, uh, Augsburg, Liverpool. Um, don't fancy Spurs' chances, but then looking at the other two, they're hardly easy either, are they? Mm, um, Fiorentina, uh, obviously top of Syria, or have been top of Syria, um, so they're obviously Swansea reject as their manager. Yeah, so they're obviously a, a half decent team, um, but th- this is where you, it's difficult to compare, isn't it? The top of Syria against the fourth, fifth, sixth best team in England. Um, I think it would be, I think they're probably very similar in levels, but again, Fiorentina going to be very hard for Spurs and and come that sort of time of the year are are one or both of those teams going to be prioritising their push for uh, a Champions League place yeah you would have thought that um, only Manchester United might be vying for the title and the other two will be going for the top four won't they uh, yeah yeah so um, it, it, we've certainly got enough quality in the competition to be able to go far with those three teams but I suspect that all of them will have their eye on other things come March, April time Yeah, 
Um, well, in the Premier League this weekend, Chelsea take on Sunderland uh, in the Gus Poirier volley goal of the season derby. Do you remember that one? No. Oh, uh, was he playing for Chelsea at the time? He was. Wasn't yeah, he? that was a 4 0. It was the first game of the season, wasn't it? Sunderland all sort of fresh faced and bushy tailed back in the Premier League, and he went and did that to them. Mm. Um, I mean, you still look at this, you still think, well, yeah, Chelsea at home, but you just can't think that anymore, can you? I mean, Sam's going to go down there and set his team out not to lose, isn't he? Yeah, play on the counter attack. Um, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> a Sunderland win, however unlikely it seems, um, would, wouldn't shock you in the slightest. Barini, former player as well. Yeah, that would be um, apt. Um, so yeah, what are you going for that one? You're going to go for a, a, a draw or something? Eh? Yeah, why not? I'm going to go for Sunderland. Yeah, why not? Sunderland. Okay. Um, Everton Leicester, the Gary Lineker derby. Yep. Uh, your boy Lukaku, like what you said earlier on, he's on a roll, isn't he? Even though you're down on him every week. Oh well, no, I'm not down on him every week. Recently, I've been down on him every week for the last three years, but. <laughs> Apart from the last six or seven weeks, when he has been um, he has been outstanding, um, he, he missed a, a you know a, sh- a shed load of chances last week against Norwich in that that first half when it should have been five nil at half time, and that as expected came back to bite us on the bum in the second half when Norwich lifted their game and Everton just strolled around as if they'd won the game. So um, they're going to have it very tough this week. And Everton, as, as I've said a million times, we just now, however good the players are, or supposedly are, they're just not ruthless or enough, or have, the, have enough of a killer instinct. So, uh, I can see this game being uh, Everton pressing Leicester into their own half the whole game, uh, and Leicester coming away with a two-one win. Um, on one of the podcasts we like to nick things from, someone mentioned earlier on this week that Lukaku probably missed several easier chances against Norwich. Oh, he missed some. Uh, he, he I wouldn't score the hardest. I think is what this guy was trying to say. Um, not the hardest. He missed the easiest. That's for sure. When he had, he should have tapped him in his right foot at the back yeah. post. But um, he had a few decent chances, more than half chances, but not sitters that you sh- that he should have got on target. And he he wasn't the only one by any means. But yeah, he had four or five good chances. That um. Is what defines you as as how good you really are as a striker. Can you can you put fifty percent of your chances away on a consistent basis? It may have been a one uh, one bad game for him that if he gets the same chances next week or any other week, you might get a hat trick in in space of ten minutes. So um, at least the chances are coming. That's about the um, the, the most uh, I could take out of that game against Norwich for for Evan. When he gets this record, he's going to lift his t shirt up and be a picture of you underneath. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah, he's he's, uh, he's got to have heard about you by now. Um, next up we have got uh, Manchester United versus Norwich now I've written here the Dion Dublin penis derby mm. um, okay. oh, I've written Dion Dublin but in brackets penis because Alex Ferguson said that Dion Dublin had the biggest penis he'd ever seen magnificent yeah. I think was the actual quote magnificent right okay well he had a, he's got a long and distinguished um, career in football. The um, problem is with Dion Dublin, someone pointed out once he looked like Abra Lapbar at Star Wars, and it's very hard to get that image out of your head. Oh, both, no, both of them, really. No, he, he doesn't look like Admiral Akbar, or maybe his penis looks like Admiral Akbar's <laughs> penis, or maybe even looks like Admiral Akbar. Who knows? <laughs> Alex Ferguson, he knows. Actually, yeah, he would know. I think he does. You got that big forehead. Oh, but he hasn't got eyes on the side of his head, though, has he? He's not. Well, you Google it. Nearly as good as if you Google Goebbels and Rio Ferdinand. 
Um, who do you reckon's going to win this one? I think this has got to. I don't know. It has got. This is the same problem as Chelsea, isn't it? Mm. Um, you could see a draw for these, but couldn't you? You you could um, Manchester United how they're fourth in the league and still you know where they are and, and so close to the top, considering how underwhelming they've been this season is um, is quite something. They've been consistently underwhelming, but consistently getting enough points to keep them where they are. And in this season of the Premier League being so unpredictable, it, that that steadiness, if you like, and that um, I hate to say boringness, but that's probably what it is. That, that's, actually, that's, that's taking them a long way and it may take them a long way come the end of the season too um, Norwich have still got fight in them um, I think they're a better team than where their league potentially a better team than where they are um, in the league at the moment although not much they all, they're always going to be in that bottom half and, and struggling a bit I would say that United might just nick it 1-0 Will Alex Neal be the angriest Scott in Old Trafford? Um well, now that Ferguson has gone and Davy Moyes went the same way, you know it's uh, it's highly likely. You reckon? Um, Saints versus Spurs. This is the Dean Richards derby, isn't it? Dean Richards, Glenn Hoddle, Gareth Bale, Paul Allen. I can't think of any others. Francis Benali. Don't think he ever played for Spurs, did he? I don't think he did. He should have done if he didn't. Um, Spurs drew the weekend, didn't they? And Saints lost. Is that right? No, Spurs got beat by Newcastle. Oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Great oh, comeback. By yeah. Newcastle. Well, this is like some kind of hipster's choice, isn't it? Ronald Koeman versus Maurizio Pochettino. Um, yeah, it is. I think it'd be a, it'd be a good game to watch. Um, both sides. You're never quite sure what you're going to get from either of them. Southampton's still in a little bit of a slump. Tottenham have been largely consistent, but they really faded badly in the second half against Newcastle. Yeah. Um, again, maybe you maybe Europa League playing on Thursday night got to them a bit. Not sure about that, but um, this one, I would say that I would go for a draw. You think? I think so. I think yeah. teams would take that as well. I don't know. I'm leaning towards um, Southampton for some reason. Um, Stoke Palace. This is another hipster's choice, isn't it? Yeah, um, both doing really well. Uh, well, Stoke, Stoke on mid-table. I think most people you'd expect them to finish between 7th and 10th or 11th mm. this year, despite the additions they've made. Palace are the ones who, uh, I suppose, are the, the not not the only surprise package. Of course, we've got Leicester. But um, very hard to deal with with the, with the pace they have on the counter-attack. And they've got Kabay in midfield who gives them a little bit of class too. They're really interesting, Stoke, aren't they? I mean, you think when they first came up, they got Rory De Lapp and those great big long throws he used mm. to take and Tony Pulis just telling him to kick it as long as they could. And now, all of a sudden, they're one of the best ball-playing teams in the Premier League. The other week against City, they were just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Of all the teams in the Premier League at the moment, I think maybe other than Leicester, these are the team I'd want to see. Yeah, and it does show that that football teams can evolve, even you know, with a change of manager and just a few different players. Because a lot of Stokes players have been around as long as the Tony Pulis era, you know, like Shawcross, um, Wilson, Whelan, Walters, Crouch. Crouch. You know, they've got a lot of players who have been there a long time, and and it's a little bit when, just to use Everton as an example, people wrongly sometimes accuse Moyes of having a long ball direct team at Everton. Um, but they played some good football and they developed that over the 10 or 11 years he was there. And then when Martinez came in, he added one or two players to the 
the solid foundations and they all of a sudden they were being praised for the fantastic football they were playing. So um they've they've done a great job at Stoke. What you know, first with Pulis and obviously what the chairman's done with them. Um they've had, had quite a bit of money to spend to do that. But um yeah, they're they're not gonna challenge for the league. But there's no reason why they can't do well in the cup and finish in the top comfortably within the top half. Um, well, speaking of Tony Pulis, we've got West Brom versus Bournemouth. Got back-to-back wins of Bournemouth against Manchester United and Chelsea. Mm. This is where they come crashing back down on their arse, isn't it? Um, could be. West Brom uh, sort of often re- represent the, the immovable object. Even against, the best teams uh, fail to beat West Brom. Yeah, exactly, against the irresistible <laughs> force. Um, and obviously, they, they were unlucky, un- unlucky not to hold out, let's say, against Liverpool. I didn't no, see no, the no, game. They were, they, were, they were lucky not to lose 3-2. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, they, they, that's that's the belligerence of West Brom. You know, if there's there's many a game that you'll have seen them play under Tony Pulis, and you think, how the hell didn't they lose that game? And again, look at them: a win on uh, against Bournemouth, and other result could see them you know, dead in mid table. So they're doing something right, whether whether Jurgen Klopp likes the style or not. Where did you stand on the hand waving thing at the end? Um. I I know why he did it. I think he's after he slagged the Liverpool fans off a bit, hasn't hasn't he? Since he'd been there for for giving no atmosphere and not getting involved to what to the same extent as what he's used to in Dortmund and what he would probably expect of the Liverpool crowd. So I think he's probably trying to engender some sort of togetherness from the cop and everything else. Uh, and he's got, I would say, the majority of Liverpool fans have endorsed what he did and backed what he did um, with the fans of everybody else taking the piss for for them doing so and, and the cop lapping it up. What I would say is that if that had been Roberto Martinez or Louis van Gaal or anybody else doing that, I think the Liverpool fans would be all over it in the same way that fans of other teams have been all over that, you know, having a go at Liverpool and taking the mickey a bit. I think I, it was a good I, idea. I just think maybe it was the wrong result to do it with. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Maybe he just got carried away with how he was feeling. I think he was a bit pissed off that he perceived the way that West Brom was playing was against his own ethics um, and uh, was a bit pissed off with everything else. And they came back and got a uh, got a late point. I think there was a bad tackle, was there, on Lovren to, to put him out of the game that maybe he was a bit incensed about so perhaps he just got carried away with himself which isn't doesn't sound unlikely does it with with Ian Klopp he's that kind of fella yeah he's got a bit of a um, he's got an angry streak hasn't he yeah and you know maybe that is maybe that is a good thing for Liverpool after three years of um, Mr Anodyne in Brendan uh, Brendan Rodgers yeah I can understand that Um, Newcastle Villa the Steve Stone derby Steve Stone did he play for Villa yeah did he play for Newcastle I think he did, didn't he? He's definitely the coach there, wasn't he? He was. I don't remember ever playing for Newcastle. But Steve Watson, then we'll go with that. Steve Watson, that's a better, yeah, that's a better call. James Milner as well. He was an underrated player, wasn't he, Steve Watson? He was, yeah, and I remember him when his early, early days when he used to do the um, the acrobatic throwing thing, you know, the somersault yes. to the touchline, then throw it in, and then they banned him from doing it. No, I liked him as a player. He was pretty good. He's probably getting both of these teams right now. He was just about the slowest player you've ever seen, though. Yeah, he played for your lot, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he once got a, he once got played up front and scored a hat trick. Did it? The original Naismith. Well, as a right back being chucked up front, no, even even Naismith hasn't played right back before. Um. Well, God, who do you think is going to? This has got 
Newcastle have got back-to-back wins, haven't they? Mm. And again, this is a bit like Bournemouth, isn't it? You've got back-to-back wins against two decent teams, and all of a sudden they're coming across against someone a bit smaller. Do they, do they lower that intensity? I mean, it's at St James's Park, but mm. yeah, possibly, possibly that that is the problem because they've had good results against some good teams this year. Um, however bad they have been up to this point, I, I've always thought that Newcastle would get out. But I think they've got enough good good players, good enough players that on their day they'll snatch points from here and there, which is exactly the opposite of what you can say about Aston Villa. Hmm. You know, you don't know where their next point's coming from sometimes. Um, I think Newcastle will win this. Okay. Uh, Watford Liverpool, of course, this is the John Barnes derby. Mm. I can't think of any others. Ooh, that's a tough one, isn't it? No. No, me either. No, I've gone. Um, I can see Watford doing something here. It's at Watford, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you imagine Igalio and Dini versus uh, Skirtle, and ooh, who do they have there? Maybe Sacco. I think if Sacco's fit or not, I'm not sure. Yeah, they've got a few injuries at the back, haven't they? So it could be Torre even, which, could, if it is Torre, you'd, I'd certainly tip, that would tip the balance in favour of Watford for me. I think I think Watford will play like the away team here, as they like to do, um, and I can see, I can see this, I can see them winning actually. Yeah, I can as well. I think there'll be a good manhug on the side between Klopp and Flores. Oh yeah, undoubtedly. I think so. They, the uh, he likes a good hug. Does does Flores? Plenty of mutual respect. Yeah, I think so. Um, Swansea West Ham. Now I've seen Bielsa link with West Ham with um, Swansea as well as um, as with Chelsea. I can't mm. imagine him going there. Can you? Swansea. No. No, his reputation would would sort of say that. He would be at a, at a higher place club than that, but Hugh Jenkins has flown to South America, apparently. Mm. And Swansea, you know, Swansea are, have been a well-established Premier League club for some time, and they've obviously going to have money to spend. And again, as we keep we keep saying week on week, that for clubs like Swansea in particular, and those who are going to be struggling towards the bottom, they're going to have to do something to make sure that they're in the Premier League come this summer to get the the one hundred million pound yearly windfall and all the rest that goes with it with the new TV deal so it wouldn't be a complete shock to see him go there um, this was the game well, it was the other way around it was at Upton Park last season where um, Andy Carroll absolutely tore Swansea to bits and of course you've also had him get um, he got sent off didn't he when, uh, with that clash with Chico Flores yeah that, is that where Flores was a right pansy yeah and Sam Allardyce laughed at him from the touchline yeah <laughs> um, West, Ham, West Ham have gone off the boil though haven't they they've got, they've got a few injuries now They've got loads of injuries, haven't they? We, we talked about this last week. We've got Pyatt, Lanzini, all sorts have been out. Mm. I mean, most of, their, most of their creativity comes from Pyatt, doesn't it? Yeah. But, I mean, maybe Swansea are going to battle now. Um, I would say a draw. Just, again, I think West Ham are just in a little bit of a slump. Mm. Um, and finally, uh, Arsenal versus Manchester City on Monday night. There's loads of this, isn't there? You've got... Uh, Patrick Vieira, Sanya, Nasri, Silvino. Mm. Tommy Caton. That's one for the teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think yeah. of any others. Oh, again, they'll be they'll be shed loads from the past, I'm sure. Yeah. Um David Rowcastle. Yes he did, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's another another one the kids will get. Yeah. Um No, I was just sorry. I, my, I was just thinking he's probably the first player I can remember playing pretty much throughout his career that then died. 
Mm, yeah, I think his career was cut short by was it cut short by injury or cancer? I can't remember which one it was. I think it was I, an injury, wasn't it? I think it was injury, yeah. And he was a hell of a player at his time at Arsenal, but yeah. I think he got injured there and then and then couldn't get back into the Arsenal team and obviously wanted to play. And then Arsenal sold him down to Man City. And I remember, I think it was Dave, uh, Ian Wright said that he was completely inconsolable when Arsenal sold him. He was all... Yeah, uh, well, Rockcastle was, yeah. Cause yeah. It was, he played there and had a great time there and it was his team. And he said he never really got over that. No, I can imagine. So where do you think this one's going to go? Um, I've got a sneaky feeling for Arsenal on this one. Um, me too. I, I still don't think City are at full pelt. Um, Aguero, again, in and out of the team. I think they they expect him to be back for this. Yaya Torre's not playing anywhere close to his best and hasn't done for quite some time now, I don't think. They got lucky the other day, didn't they? That deflection. Mm-hmm. Um, Silver's only just back from an injury. Uh, but but De Bruyne is their key man at the minute. Um, Arsenal have, have got a few good key results going their way in recent times, even though they've not. Again, they've got their own injury problems. Um, I think I think I've got a sneaky thing for Arsenal as well, actually. Yeah, I have Giroud in the goals as well, isn't he? Mm. Um, so yeah, well that's our Premier League roundup done. Um, one little piece of news: Have you seen the new manager of Antalyspor? I have. I just saw this earlier today. Yeah, Samuel Eto. Yeah, and he's been given the job. He's been given three games to prove himself. I mean, that 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 can only go well, right? <laughs> do you think? Well, he's a top scorer in Turkey at the moment, with thirteen goals. So the worst comes the worst. He can always go back and do that. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously got the ego to think that he can pull off any job. I imagine, um, and I suppose he's one of those players who either engender a lot of a huge amount of respect from the players, and they'll play for him from day one. Or he's going to piss them all off within five minutes, and um, you know he won't even get three games in to get his opportunity to show how good a manager he could be. I wonder. I've got an idea which way it might go. Yeah, me too. And I think it might be following the same pattern as the latter, latter end of his um, footballing playing career. Yeah. Uh, right. Some rumours, yay or nay, with these ones quickly. Um, Robert Lewandowski to Manchester United. Uh, only if Guardiola goes there. Okay. Uh, Riyad Mahrez to Arsenal or Spurs? Um, Arsenal in the summer. Okay. Uh, Hatton Ben Arfa to AC Milan? Yeah, that fits. Um, Luca Mora to Manchester United. I'd love this one. I'd, I'd love him in the Premier League, not necessarily to United. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, and a straight swap between um, Eden Hazard and James Rodriguez? Ooh. Um... Both reportedly not happy at the moment, aren't they? Are they not? Um, well, I can imagine Eden has it. Uh, Rodriguez not happy. I think he's had some sort of falling out with Benitez, or that's the reports anyway. But um, maybe rather than a, a change of scenery for the players, it's actually a change of manager at the clubs that would see them both happy again. You think maybe I they think... should swap managers because that's worked out before, hasn't it? Um, well, they might, but that would mean Mourinho going back to Real Madrid. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't quite see that happening. But um, yeah, I, I don't see either of them changing. I think the more likely. Uh, the the likelihood is that the the two clubs will change their managers probably in the summer. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. Now you talked a little bit about doing some kind of um, uh, sort of look about a little kind of review of the year, which neither of us could think about anything of. All I could think about when I did this was um, uh, I did a little team with you, but the only other thing I think about was Nigel Pearson and his ostriches. <laughs> That's all I could think about. So if I read you my team of the year I've written down, 
Yeah. You see if you can disagree with any. So we've got a four four two. We've got Jack Butland in goal. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Shaw, Ryan Shawcross, John Stones, and for the fact I can think of absolutely nobody else, Kieran Gibbs. Mm. Um, midfield of uh, Alexis Sanchez, Ozil, Willian, and Mares, and then Vardy and Lukaku up front. Okay, so let's go through position by position. I so you got you got Butland in goal, right? Yeah. Um, was he? He certainly had a good couple of months at Stoke. Um, I don't know whether he would go into the team of the year, though, if you consider the whole to 2015. But who would go in instead? Who's who's had a better 2015 in goal than him? Kasper Schmeichel's had a good 2015. Um, funnily mm. enough, I was also thinking of Begovic, because he, he's, he's always done well at Stoke, and plus he did well when he came with a Courtois, didn't he? Yeah, and that was a strange move, I, I thought, for him to go to go to Chelsea, but maybe Stoke just thought we're going to cash on on you now while we've got a great replacement lined up and we can get a bit of money for you. So, um, yeah, he, he, I still think De Gea is probably my choice. I think he's he's been Manchester United's outstanding player for the last 12 months. I forgot about him. Although he did get beat by that corner, didn't he? He did, but, you know, even the greatest goalkeepers make Ricks want now and again. Um, they do. OK, so... Luke Shaw, Ryan Shawcross, John Stones, Kieran Gibbs. Um, so I, you I struggle play... to think of fullbacks, to be honest. Okay, so left back. Who's had a good left back, uh, season at left back? So it would be. I don't think Shaw's been that good. Of course, he's had a broken leg for that last three months. So I mean, we can't hold that against him. I can't think of anybody else, to be honest. Um, Bertrand Southampton. I think he's he's had an excellent year. Yes, he has, hasn't he? Yeah, he's done very well. I was, I was trying to think of sort of players from different clubs, and all I could think of in defence of Southampton was um, Font. Mm. I know. I think I think Bertrand's been excellent. I think a lot, a lot of the time Klein got the plaudits as the, one of the two fullbacks of Southampton last season, but I think um, I think Bertrand matched or or surpassed what he did on many an occasion that I've seen them play. And of course, Klein's got the move to Liverpool now, and I I've not seen him play badly but I've not seen him shine either at the same time of course you know, he's still settling into a new team so All I would right. go Bert- Bertrand at left back would be my choice alright we'll do that and then we've got Shawcross and John Stones in defence um, I like that's... Ryan Shawcross that's probably why I've gone for him uh, I'm more than happy to be persuaded by somebody else uh, yeah he's a he's a steady Eddie isn't he Shawcross yeah. for the Premier League um, you know the likes of Terry and Cahill have won a championship winners medal but I've had a terrible Last four months, um, there's nobody at Manchester United who's who stood out. I think John Stones has been, one way or another, has been possibly the most influential defender of the year. To think if he'd moved to Chelsea in the in the summer, perhaps they wouldn't be in the situation they're in now. For what you know, both on and off the field. Well, he definitely should get in for that then. Poss- yeah, that that earns him a spot. Uh, and right right back's a tricky one. I've gone for Kieran Gibbs. I don't even know if he is a right. I think he's a right back. No, he? he's a left back. Is he a left back? But, but speaking of Arsenal, I think Bellerin's done very well. He's been injured a lot as well, hasn't he? He has, but I think he looks like he's got a hell of a lot of promise. He's still only a young lad, but he's got great speed, good at going forward, great recovery pace. So I, I would pick him. Got him. We'll go with him. So midfield, we've got Mares, William, Urzel, and Sanchez. I would. F- find it hard to argue with that but if you're playing a proper 4-4-2 you'd have to pick a defensive midfielder of some kind wouldn't you yeah you would and although William's no stranger to that job he's done it before 
um, you wouldn't pick him to do that role because that would completely curtail what he does. Um, so as a defensive midfielder, who would you choose? Uh, Alex Song had a good season last season, didn't he? Uh, I think he had a good spell. I don't think he had an entirely good season. Okay. That's just my, again. I didn't see West Ham every week, but just when I did see them, I thought he played well in for for a couple of month period, and then seemed to disappear. Well, Cockerland's done well, hasn't he? But he's been injured a little bit as well, or maybe his uh, reputation has been improved by um, being injured. Hmm. Maybe there's a couple of Schneidlin, well, yeah, possibly. Um, a couple of the Spurs midfielders have done quite well across the year. Yeah. So who are we going to bin off then? Why don't, why don't we go all out? If we've got Ryan Shawcross defending at the back, he's worth a he's worth a few tackles on his own, isn't he? So if we're picking John Stones, we might as well pick the rest of the team to be attacking. Let's go gung ho. Okay, so we're going to go Mares, William, Özil, Sanchez. Sounds pretty good to me. All right, that's that's almost my dream team. <laughs> um, and then Vardy and Lukaku up front. Vardy, I mean. It's not just his goals he scored this season. He did very well towards the end of last season, didn't he? And that scored mm. to, keep, to keep, help keep Leicester up. Yeah, and I think what you also get with Vardy that you would certainly need if you were playing somebody up front with Lukaku is you need somebody who grafts because Lukaku is a is a lazy shite at times. Um, so you, you do need that kind of player who's going to drop back and help you help, help your midfield a bit. And certainly in our team, you would. So I think uh, yeah, Vardy and Lukaku would make a. A, a very energetic pairing on one side and a, 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 the strength of Lukaku on the other. Who's going to be our manager? Nigel manager Pearson's not a great job. Who would be the manager of the year? Jose would say Jose because he's coached these players to above and beyond their capabilities last season. Well, that's that's his belief. Let's think. Oof. Mark Hughes? Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes, Tony Pulis. Uh, that's not very sexy, though, is it? It's not, but I think we've got a sexy enough team to cope with cope with somebody a bit more dour on the sidelines. Someone's ugly sister, that sort of thing. Yeah, and it would also be interesting to watch either well, that... of those two trying to cajole that team to actually get back and defend and stick a few tackles in. You wouldn't want to see Tony Pulis manage those forward six, though, would you? He'd just turn him into sort of... I mean, you wouldn't even see that midfield, would you? Well, maybe it would be worth it. Because you, you would get somebody who's able to... If you just put said, said uh, OK, here's, um, I don't know, Arsene Wenger or Jürgen Klopp, you're kind of going to get really good football, but they're never going to win anything, that team, because they're always going to get caught out. What you want to see is you want to see that team put in the hands of a manager who can teach them and force them bully them into defending when they have to. So do you think maybe some kind of joint stewardship between Hughes and Pulis then? Pulis on the sidelines and there's the manager with somebody a bit more adventurous as the man who coaches them during the week. Yeah. Yeah, but then somebody who's got a temper on the sidelines to at least make it a bit more interesting. Well, Hughes has got a temper. He has, but he doesn't jump up and down on the sidelines, um, kitted out like he's just ram-raided Sports Direct in the same way that Tony Pulis does. <laughs> what about Rui Faria then at Chelsea? Ah, he's just an arse. Yeah. Ava, can we have Ava back? She yep, she can, yeah, no, she, she's kicking her heels a bit now at the minute, is she? So, while she's, um, while she's doing her legal proceedings, she can come along and do a bit, do a bit of work on the treatment table. 
Oh, fair enough. Right, well, that's our team. Then. We've got David De Gea, um, Ryan Bertrand, Ryan Shawcross, John Stones, Hector Bellerin, uh, Riyad Mahrez. I was going to say, William is just his name, isn't he? He's got no surname. He's Brazilian. He's probably got about six names, but... We only know him as William. Mm. William DeMarcos Silva, uh, Ozil Sanchez, um, Jamie Vardy and Romelu Lukaku. So that's our team of the year. Uh, if you agree or disagree with that, tweet us at Man of the Post. Um, any other business for you, Mark? No, no. It's all good for me. Um, I hope everybody has a good Christmas and New Year and we'll see you in 2016. What are you going to call your baby if it's born on the 25th of December? Uh, well, Jesus is a bit too obvious, isn't it? So if we wanted to have a little bit of a nasty streak in it, we were thinking Herod. <laughs> if it's a boy. Yeah, well, that's a good idea. I'd, um... yeah, I'd look forward to that then, if you do call a ba- ba- baby Herod. <laughs> <laughs> in this era of uh, strange names, I still think that one's going to be um, quite unique. Yeah, I tell you, what, you don't see many baby Collins anymore, do you? You don't see many Collins, that's true. Or Susans. No, Susan's quite gone a little bit out of fashion. Yeah. With, the, you know, like Sylvia and uh, Alan. They're not exactly with it. Can you give us a hint? Do you know if it's a boy or a girl? No, we don't know. We've never found out. Oh, really? Just a complete... See, yeah. I, I always wanted to know. So I could, so I knew what room to paint, what colour to paint the room and all that sort of thing. Uh, you see, we've gone for a neutral yellow. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Do you, I, I tell you what I did buy for my daughter, or nearly bought for my daughter, but I didn't on threat of divorce. I nearly bought a um, uh, a baby grow that said, my daddy says I'm going to be Jamie Carragher. So if I've got that one spare knocking around, I can send it to you. Uh, uh, well, you, you could you could send it, um, but it, it may get lost in the post. Maybe a sick mopper-upper. <laughs> well, if they want to tweet you their congratulations, how do they tweet you on Twitter? Um, it's at the football pink. At the football pink, okay, and um, they still got articles going up on footballpink.net as well. Uh, there is, there is, yeah. But if anybody's interested in ever writing for the magazine, uh, magazine or the website, they can tweet me or email me anytime. Okay, uh, manofthepost.com is the website. Uh, Ross and the gang will be back on Sunday to talk about all the fixtures we've been previewing this weekend. Um, and thank you ever so much for listening. And always remember, we said it's always remember to keep your man on the post. Woo-hoo! Yeah.